This is the best of daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Go to jfbelievers.com for more information. We're in John chapter 15, and we're going to pick it up today in verse 17, where Jesus had been talking to his apostles, and I guess through a long chain of events, even speaking to us today. But he's speaking to his apostles, and he's speaking to them in a very intimate fashion. He is calling them out into a very dynamic and all-in kind of life. He talked about the fruit of a person's life that will be produced if we are connected to him. And one of the greatest fruits that will be produced in that kind of life is the fruit of love. Now, please remember, love agape, not love like the world. Totally two different animals. I know it's the same word, but it's totally two different uh, animals when it comes to the manifest of God love versus world love. So let's pick it up in verse 17. Jesus, still speaking to his apostles, says, I command these things to you that you may love one another. And if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, since I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Now Jesus, knowing that everyone would certainly not love us, turns from the subject of love to the subject of hate. Jesus said he was the rock of offense. And we read that in, in several places. Isaiah 8.14, Romans 9.33, 1 Peter 2.8 and elsewhere. That Jesus was an offense. Jesus certainly was not loved by everybody that ran into him. His words and his teachings, as well as his very presence, made and still makes the world hate him for the simple fact that he exists. You see, his presence reminds them that they are in need. And man doesn't want to admit that he needs anyone or anything, let alone uh, that he needs help and that we're lost. Clearly, it's not enough that people merely ignore us. One would think, in conventional wisdom, that if they wanted nothing to do with us, they wanted nothing to do with Christ, well, then they would simply disregard our existence. Uh, but that hasn't been the case historically, has it? In fact, people will spend vast energies and time, even finances, attempting to crush Jesus and crush those who follow him because he and we remind them of their broken state. Without even a word, we condemn them for their sinfulness. Just by being here, we condemn them. 2 Timothy 3.12 says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. End quote. Christ had expressed his great love for them. He had asked for their love in return. And now he had a need to tell them that despite this love communion, the world was going to hate them anyway. Throughout this text, Jesus had been giving them, and again giving us, a reality check as to what it really means to be a Christian, to be a follower of Christ. Perhaps this is why the previous verse so implores us to love each other. 
the tense here says not only to love, but to keep on loving each other. Because in a world that'll hate you, we actually need one another. Not just in some passing relationship of, of uh, community or fellowship, but a close and intimate bond. More than just an acquaintance. A brother, a sister. Paul calls upon us in Galatians 6.2 to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. This critical unity was something Paul had clearly understood and clearly preached upon numerous occasions. Christ's words were a call to stick together. They did back in that day, and because of that, they survived. They were going to need each other just as the same as we're going to need each other today. Because things aren't going to get any easier, Christian. Jesus spoke of what was to come back in Mark 9. In the midst of his last day speeches, he told of the coming persecution of the saints. Such as, again, not yet widely happening, at least here in the United States, but we know it's already happening in many other countries, and it will come here also. It's just beginning, and we'll see that fully manifested in, in the months and years to come. People will say all kinds of things about you as a Christian. And please note, it doesn't matter whether it's true or not. It is just quite simply that you make them nervous and they want you gone. Again, however, Jesus is not far away someplace having never known or experienced life as a man on this earth. He wasn't and he isn't even now yet insulated from the hatred and the persecution. Jesus is not sending us into a burning building first to, to see if we make it out alive. No, Jesus always led by example. The world will only love its own. Luke 6.26 says, Woe when all men speak well of you, for their fathers did the same thing to the false prophets. Once again, John and Christ give us no middle ground here. Verse 20 says, Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his Lord. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. As a servant of Christ, I think it's important that we not expect anything different than what Jesus received. Now I know that flies in the face of the modern American version of Christianity. And I do know the wider church today, and I use that word church loosely, the wider church today has gone to great lengths to make Christianity palatable to the masses. Yet Christianity never was. Christianity never will be. We are God's light. And the light so often makes people nervous. Our teaching, our very living, is to shine that light into this world as Jesus did before us. And if we don't exist, well, that light doesn't shine. So Satan and the world at large simply seeks to extinguish that light. And if they fail at that, at least they succeed at trying to get you to tone it down. That is why your secular acquaintances they're never going to accept you as a dynamic Christian. 
such as truly the heart of all mankind, all the way back to Cain killing his brother Abel. I mean, Abel was right with God and Cain couldn't stand it, even to the point of murder. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17 says this, quote, Don't love the world or the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the Father's love isn't in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, isn't the Father's, but is the world's. The world is passing away with its lust, but he who does God's will remains forever. So we need to realize that all of our attempts to appease God and man are going to fail. I mean, if it could be done, then Jesus didn't even need to come. Jesus was trying to tell his apostles and us that persecution will come. And furthermore, it's normal. It's expected. Living a dynamic Christian life will just quite naturally offend them. And they're going to come at you for it. If they had wanted Jesus in his word, they would have readily heard and received the apostles and they would readily hear and receive us today but they didn't and they don't because they never heard him and they never kept his word that was our daily devotions by pastor tim dodson to learn more about tim dodson or believers church visit jfbelievers.com